Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented in part by Podgo. That's right, New Year, same sponsor. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to tell them Tales of the Voidfarer sent you. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. Fitzwilliam Locke committed the most heinous act a gift can commit. He killed an outfit of six highly trained gifts. Just murder? Straight up? I'm afraid I don't know the details, but it hardly matters. If he killed other gifts, there's no reason he would save us. Adam Rain was a good man. Before he left, my dad was obsessed. A lot of the crew was starting to think he might have been crazy. She pulls out an empty bottle. My father gave me this. It allows us to send messages. I am sorry I have not written in so long. I am now in crot space. Things are complicated, but I've only just scratched the surface. I may be longer than I anticipated. What was your dad obsessed with? The Voidfarer. That much I can say for sure. We gotta go find your dad and figure out what the hell this is all about. I realize this is kind of interesting because um, we're recording this the end of December. So I wanted to ask you guys how your quantum 2021 is going so far. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Well, Well, go ahead, Tanner. I, for one, have personally welcomed our new alien overlords. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm ready to have my brain harvested at any moment now. Right, right, right. Because it is, of course, January 19th, 2021, mm. when this episode is landing. So, oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> I, I am kind of offended that you are asking us how our year was after what happened on the 17th, Nick. Like, that's really <laughs> oh, shitty that's, of, and insensitive. Yeah, it's insensitive of me. So, that's, that's true. Fuck. Yeah. Man. You do have to edit this, though, if something does happen on the 17th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that we still have electricity, let alone on the internet, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. One, 100% some celebrity is going to die on the 17th, so I feel bad. Oh, no. <laughs> In advance, I'm sorry, Henry Winkler, for disrespecting <laughs> your memory. I'm going to call my shot rare. right now. Hey. Don't put that out there, Saker. If you call that, though, we have to put this on the damn thing. <laughs> Henry Winkler, January 17th, 2021. Oh, no. Why no. am I doing this? <laughs> Saker, please. Oh, no. Why am I doing this? I, I want to take the opposite stance. I want I want to say that that the Fonz, Henry <laughs> Winkler, is alive, is going to live. We all had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year, and things are, like, starting to go better. That is That is my prediction. 
<laughs> well, no, it, I have to say it happened, but that's what I'm putting out into the universe. Yeah. I am positively manifesting for all of us because I don't know what right. Tanner and Saker are doing. <laughs> <laughs> We're just following the trends, like... Fiona, you gotta write this ship. I'm sorry if we're realists yeah. and not optimists. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, just a chrome monolith appears on everybody's front porch. Yeah, I'm not even as concerned about about Tanner's as I am that we specifically called out Henry Winkler. <laughs> and it's weird, too, because I have this little figure of a monkey on my desk, and one of the fingers on his paw curled when I said that, so oh, I don't know. Oh, no. I, just, I thought that was weird. So What a <laughs> weird way to get that wish. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, Listen, this man was in holes. We have to save him. I love Henry Winkler. I don't know. We're never going to get to game Nick, but I just want to say no. Barry rules and Children's Hospital rules and Henry Winkler uh -huh. rules. So, love him yeah. so much in Laverne and Shirley. This is our Henry Winkler <laughs> fan podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of the Void Fair. Henry Winkler fan podcast. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, let's jump back into our adventure before the world ends, apparently. For, for Henry Winkler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, if you guys recall, you are currently at this subterranean mine run by the Moonhammer Mining Company. You arrived and Rohane's uncle, a higher-up noble within the Moonhammer clan himself, approached you guys to talk about Rohane and if you thought he would be amenable to being approached to talk about dwarven politics. And you also learned that Brohane, being a member of the noble Windhelm family, despite past disagreements he's had with the Moonhammers, has been receiving full red carpet treatment here at the mine, which has gotten you all accommodations in the, the King's Suite at the clan lodge of the mine, the large central building that seems to serve as like administrative services for the mine and also where the nobles of Clan Moonhammer hold their residence and also the residences of visiting important peoples like yourselves, apparently. And it's at this moment that Luckbeak and Ravness, accompanied by Locke, are led up this like large marble staircase to the landing at the top, which is just this large open suite. There's like a central hall that has like a long banquet table in it. And you see that there's hallways and rooms off to either side and a large double doors that look like it goes into like a Lord's suite on the end. But this massive suite seems to take up the entire top level of this large structure and seems to comprise of a dozen different bedrooms and like lounges and it's it's just very fancy accommodations. And as you get here, you see that Marco, Brohane, and Brala are already here starting to make themselves comfortable. Yeah. Um, Ravenous probably follows Luckbeak. Well, hey, y'all. How's it going oh. here? Oh, hey. Um, you comfy? Oh, exceptionally. Yeah. How was target practice? Uh, I mean, it's it was it was it was pretty great. Uh, did Locke let me keep the the gun that he loaned me, Nick? He did not. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, then I I pull a pretend gun out of a pretend holster and pretend to whip it around. I'm like, I mean, I was a uh, I was kind of a hot shot if I don't say so myself. Even with your imaginary gun, your trigger discipline is awful. Well, yeah, okay, because it's not important, Locke. I mean, all right, n never mind. Yeah, it's, it's, I was good. I was good. Uh, what did y'all get up to? Oh, um, I've just been here marveling in the, our accommodations. 
Okay. Looking around the entire room. Wait, we were gone for like three hours. You just looked around? Like the room? Uh, I mean, looked around, got some rest, did some notes. So, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. That sounds relaxing as hell. <laughs> to just like sit in a chair and look around a room for a couple hours. <laughs> I mean, we were just on a ship going through horrific swirling <laughs> sandstorms for days and days. So I think Luckbeak like plops into a chair across from Marco. Sign me up. All right. <laughs> he starts looking around. It's an incredibly comfy chair. See, isn't this great? This is the life, bud. Nothing's trying to kill us? God. <laughs> All right. You see, coming out of the large double doors at the end of this central hall, you see Brawla come around the corner, and she is now in a bathrobe, and nothing else except uh, her hair is up in a towel. Is the bathrobe closed? I have to ask this. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was closed but then she started like gesticulating yeah <laughs> and she says all right it seems like the uh the rest of you have found your way here yeah and so have you <laughs> it seems like uh brohane has quite the influence around here every time i've come here i've only in the bare minimum of accommodations I guess it pays to be the consort of uh, Lord of Clan Windhelm. She says, glancing over to one of the side rooms, and you see Brohane poke out and just kind of shake his head. <laughs> <laughs> and Luckbeak and Ravnus, you get the immediate impression that Brawla commandeered the master bedroom, and Brohane is perfectly content with letting her do so and just taking <laughs> a different room. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Locke is going to say, All right, then, I'll leave you to it. I got caught back at the pit stop. He'll turn to start walking away and Brawla says, oh, no, 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 you can stay here. Just pick any of the rooms. She'll say gesturing just vaguely around. We have all this space. No need to let it go to waste. And Locke will kind of look at her and then look around and go, mm. yes, can't argue with that. And he'll just like kind of eye one of the rooms and start shambling towards it. <laughs> Ravnus uh, keeps an eye on what room that is. Yep. Luckby okay. keeps an eye on Ravnus keeping an eye on what room that is. <laughs> Marco, Marco blissfully unaware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys uh, settle in for uh, the evening. Um, you don't have any other pressing issues. Um, and uh, uh, it seems that um, Brohane has taken uh, one of the, the side rooms and he seems to have deposited uh, Ira into a room of her own. Aww. That's <laughs> the, the large mechanical spider just kind of like <laughs> crawls into the room and positions itself over the bed and then just like Cute. mechanically lowers itself onto the bed <laughs> and powers down. Uh, so uh, there's lots of other rooms. You guys can uh, choose one. I'm sure Mar uh, Marco has already like dropped all of his shit in one. Um, but you guys can you have your your pick of rooms and uh, it seems like everyone is just settling down for the evening. Uh, OK, uh, Ravnus will probably just follow either Marco or Luckbeak, whoever goes into a room first into their room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I, I don't mind uh, going into a room first. OK, yeah, she follows Luckbeak into uh, into the room. 
What does the room look like, Nicholas? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's it's probably like the largest in room that you've stayed in. It's large. It has a single bed in it with two like stone cut, polished, smooth bedstands and a chair and like stone writing desk in the corner. And it actually appears that all the rooms uh, do have a window that look out into the cavern over the mining settlement. Okay. Um Ravnus is probably going to like look around the room and be like, "Where's Marco going to sleep?" Well, I don't, I don't think we all have to sleep in this one room. I mean, speaking of, why are you in this one room? I just figured we would bunk together. Oh, I like poke my head back out into the common area. Are there enough rooms for each of us to have our individual room, Nick? Yeah, there's like a dozen total rooms. Okay, I like look back at you and then look out and then look back and I go, <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> Get again, Ravnus. Do you want like private time or to do what? <sighs> uh, <laughs> Ravnus, you can have this room if you want. I don't think we need to bunk up together. Not that I would mind it normally. We do it all the time on the Void Fair, but like this is our chance to like just chill for a minute from each other. I mean. You know, I, you you know that we're friends. You know we don't. Uh, uh, this is not an insult. I'm just clarifying for you. But like, this is you know our chance to just take a rest from each other. Y- yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Are you offended? I'll think about it. All right. Do you want? Never mind. I'll just go. I'll take the one across the hall. I walk out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like slowly, Aww. like make eye contact with her and kind of like close the door on the way out. Like stay, stay in here. Like I <laughs> stay. I'll, stay. I'll put on the TV for you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All the while, Marco's sitting outside, just looking oddly at you two the entire time. <laughs> You have walked in and just made eyes at this one fucking uh, gif and then walked into a bedroom together (laughs) before Ravnus walked out looking disappointed. Oh, no, Luckbeak walked out out. and like slowly closed the door behind him. I'm like, I'm crossing the room and I'm going like, just don't, it's not a thing. It's just, just don't worry about it, Marco. It's fine. It's, it's a Ravnus thing. It's a Ravnus thing. You wouldn't understand it. I have a shirt that says that at home. Um, so new Project Derail merchandise. You can check it out. ProjectDerail.store.com. <laughs> it's bit.ly slash derailed shop. There it is. <laughs> That's not Marco a real says, piece of what's merchandise. What's Project Derail? <laughs> um, yeah, Marco's just going over his notes again and then going to bed. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Marco, I'm, I meant to tell you. Um, so when we were down in the mines, um, they had this like uh, this sort of like sand map. It was in like uh, sort of like not like a paper map. It was like three dimensions, right? Uh huh. <laughs> um, and yeah, so so on this map, uh, there was this uh, different kind of like colored parts of the map, and one was meant for like ancient construction, like older stuff um i don't know could have been like Cretorian stuff i don't know if you're interested in it at all or if that's something that you know moves you to do something but are you saying that there's like Cretorian ruins here in the mining company 
Well, I think that's what they were. I mean, I just thought it might be interesting to you. Marco stands up and walks out the door. Well, you're going to go now. <laughs> It's like, oh, sweet. I'll see you later, Luckbeak. Thank you so much. And gives like a big hug, then walks out the door. Uh, I guess I didn't hear anything dangerous down there. I suppose it's all right. Uh, <laughs> whatever. God, how do I get stuck with these two? <laughs> uh, I go into my room. Uh, the closest room is uh, next to the one lock window. Okay, that's fine. So yeah, Marco's heading that way. Excited, beaming, smiling. Gives Luckbeak a little kiss in the forehead on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you leave the clan lodge. Where where are you going? Like the the, the central like mineshaft area? Um, I would assume so because I kind of realized that like other than where I know that they were, I didn't ask where this was. No, you did not. So. I am just, I guess, going to vaguely try to figure out, be like, all right, they went shooting things at places. Um, I'll go there. And so, yeah, just yeah. start vaguely making my way towards where they were heading earlier. Um, we'll say at some point, uh, yeah, Luckbeak or Locke mentioned that they, they were at the surveyor station, um, which is near the primary shaft that goes down into the mine. It's hard to tell, like, day or night, but you get the impression that it's on the, like, night cycle. Like, activity around in the streets of the settlement is dying down. But you get over to that area, and you see that there are a couple uh, dwarven guards set up uh, guarding access to the shaft below. I walk up to this, like, well, hello there. Um, is this the direction towards the potential Kratorian ruins that you found? Uh, they kind of look at each other and goes, well, there's ancient structures down in the mine, but it's a... Pretty treacherous several hour journey through the tunnels to get there. Uh-huh, several. Plus, uh, you can't go down there without uh, authorization. Uh-huh, several hour journey, authorization. Where do I go to get authorization, then? Only uh, uh, Jarl Moonhammer uh, can, can grant authorization to get down into the mine. Oh, sweet, I think I talked to him. All right, so I'll see y'all in, like, a little bit and then turn around and go walk uh, You You would recall that Jarl Torhild Moonhammer is the one that uh, recognized Brohane, and she was the one who like rolled out the red carpet for Brohane and everything. Yeah, I know that, but I think Marco would just hear like Jarl Moonhammer and just be like, "Ah, oh, sweet, the person I met." Obviously, he he's in galaxy brain mode right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so so I guess uh, where where do you go to find that person? I that's the thing is I think I have I have no idea right <laughs> so after a while I think my brain would just finally realize fuck are you are you gonna like wander around for a while or like what so yeah if you want to like maybe think of something come back to that because I think what would happen is Marco would leave being like all right I gotta find a moon hammer gotta find a moon hammer fuck where the hell's a moon hammer um <laughs> sort of deal and then realize that he has no idea what he's doing and then finally uh -huh come back down to earth right and be like okay i should probably calm down and try to actually assess this okay so um kind of wander around a little bit <laughs> just kind of like thinking thinking about what the next course of action is um kind of wander aimlessly through through the 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 nearby alleys and stuff um and you come to the realization that the jarl of this mine probably has residence in the same building where your accommodations are <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so it is. It does appear to be late in the evening, and you find it unlikely that uh, you may be able to get an audience with her now. It might be something that has to wait until the morning. 
Yeah, so... However, (laughs) in in your wandering, you find it has taken you to an interesting place that you haven't been to yet in this settlement. It's in one of the, like, dwarven resident districts, but this one seems to be more run down. And in fact, it seems to be, not only is it they're, like, kind of these stacked stone longhouses that make up the dwarven minor residences, but it's also where they seem to be storing a lot of the earth and rock that get displaced from the mine, so there's just like piles of slag and stone and stuff piled up against houses and buildings here or there. But in the center of this square seems to be a statue, and what strikes you from a distance is this statue is not of a dwarf. It appears to be of a human, and as you glance at it and look down, the plaque says Adam Rain. Slayer of the dreaded Skegfanger. Hold on, I want to actually write this down. Because this is great. So I have found Adam Rain. The Adam Rain. Wow. The Adam Rain. Adam Rain, Slayer of the dreaded Skegsfanger. Sculpted from first-hand account by Dusty Marblebeard. And the statue itself is a handsome-looking black man, human in his early 60s or so, wearing a long coat, very similar to the one that Val wears, and a tri-corner hat. He is holding in one hand a large, monstrous, severed head, easily about 20 inches around in any direction. It appears eyeless, with grotesque maw agape, revealing rows of hundreds of sharp teeth and two tooth-mandible-like protrusions. Bony spikes encircle the stump of its neck, and short, fleshy tendrils hang from the crown of its head and down the back of its neck. And one of the things you do notice observing the statue is it looks impeccably sculpted, but the material itself looks kind of hobbled together, like it was sculpted from just whatever stone or material we're laying around discarded from the operations of the mine. Uh, But the artistry of it is flawless. And the expression on the statue's face is one of almost like exasperated, tired annoyance. So um, I'm going to like grab the first person that walks by me. Excuse me, um... Could you tell me why there's a statue of a human here looking at me like I owe him something? (laughs) Yeah, you you find a dwarf that seems to be a miner on their way back home. And they kind of look at you and go, oh, yeah, that's the guy that uh, showed up. um, This was years ago, uh, shortly after the mine was first founded. uh, Went down into the mine and killed that terrible beast. Uh, So this was a a couple years back when the mine first opened. And this is... uh... This gentleman did it by himself, just walked in and slayed the beast out of the goodness of his heart. I don't know the specifics. I didn't work here at the time. I only go by the stories that I've heard. Uh, Dusty is the one who sculpted the thing. Uh, He would know more, that or the Jarl. Wait, so Dusty's alive? Oh, yeah. Uh, He uh, lives right over that way. The dwarf says, nodding over to one of the residences that's not far from here. Oh, um, fair enough. Um, Have a good day then, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, Certainly. Uh, And he strolls off. Um, While you're standing there, you hear uh, the voice of uh, Cyrus in the back of your head. That beast, that looks like, it appears to be a a Balhanoth. Gesundheit. Can I make a nature check on that? You can make a nature or arcana. Actually, no, just arcana. Okay, sweet. Arcana's better. All right, that would be a 24. Damn. Yes, uh, you've heard of these. They are aberrations Um. that are commonly associated with the Shadowfell, but like all aberrations originally come from the Far Realms. You know that they are incredibly powerful and dangerous. They are psionic, 
they can read the minds of their prey and manipulate their perception to lure them deeper into the mines and tunnels so that they can grapple them and teleport them away and feast on them. You know these creatures feed not only on flesh, but on magical energy. Knowing that, it makes perfect sense that it would set itself up on a cinder shard mine. Not only could it feed off of the natural magic of cinder shard, but it could feed off of the miners that came to collect it. Cool. Um, kind of look at that. Think about um, good old dusty Marvel beard. Um, I think actually, I think I would go and get a uh, luck beacon ravenous for this, or at least see if they wanted to join me in this conversation. I wouldn't just jump in on my own. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually going to collect this information, look at the statue one more time, wondering what are the odds, and then uh, head back to the suite to talk to Luckbeak or Ravnus, whoever's awake. Okay. In that time, Ravnus, were you going to do a thing? Yes, I was going to do a thing. Um, Ravnus is going to sort of wait until the coast was clear mm-hmm. and then go knock on Locke's door. Sure thing. Knock, knock, knock. Uh Come in. Uh, he got, he's asking me to come in. This is already not how I imagined it. Okay, yeah, she comes <laughs> in. <laughs> I was I was expecting to be blocked in the hallway, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Luckbeak, make a perception check. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I got 18. You do, in fact, uh, hear the knock and can vaguely hear the voices, but you would need to concentrate to hear details. I will do that. (laughs) I'm interested enough. All right. You see Locke is kind of like sitting on the bed, which is sagging terribly. And it looks like he was reading in a small leather bound book. And he has these like little like spectacles that are lopsidedly across his big hippo nose. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Um, Ravenous is going to, uh, study him for a second and, uh, probably actually shut the door behind her and say, you killed one of your own. Is this what this is all about then? How do we know we can trust you? Well, you're wrong, for one. I didn't kill one of my own. I killed six of my own. Luckbeak, are you, like, moving to the door? Um, can I hear it through the wall since I'm next door to him? Um... With, uh, what'd you get, 18 on your perception? Yeah. Yeah, you're making a point to listen. You can make out the conversation. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so he says that. And she knew that already, I think. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So mm-hmm. she says, uh, I was trying to be polite. But it's bothered you enough to come here and ask about it. Yes. He kind of shifts his weight and reaches down behind the other side of the bed and pulls out his like tinker's kit that he uses to maintenance his guns and like a large piece of leather that he like unrolls in front of him and he pulls up his belt that has the six pistols hanging from it and he unholsters one at a time Brigadier Aniston Dwayne sets it down on the leather pad holds up the next one Lieutenant Colonel Hubert Moss sets it down Captain Mildred Witt sets that pistol down as well Captain Rockwell Hobb, Lieutenant Emmeline Munt. And lastly pulls up the last pistol and says, Corporal Tolliver Beck. Sets that one down and looks at you for a moment. I carry their weapons and I remember their names. Out of respect. Out of character because I just have to say, did you name one of those people after one of my former D&D characters? Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, it was uh, it was actually one of the suggested names when I was uh, searching for inspiration names. That name popped up, and I'm uh, like, you, oh, you that's named, perfect. You named her after my Straub character. Which one? Uh-huh. Um, Emmeline. Uh, that that yeah. was my that was my human blood hunter <laughs> in Curse of Straub. Cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Back to it. Yeah. Um. Not killing them sounds like it would have been more respectful. Would you like to hear the story then? Are you going to tell it? If it means you'll give me some peace and quiet about it. Fine. I served as commander of the 575th Infantry in Greyspace, or the Wyvern Tales, as we were called. We were hired by the Queen of Yendoro on the world of Gensil in Greyspace to escort an envoy of civilian peacekeepers and Yendoran diplomats in the light of recent attacks believed to be the work of Black Company pirates. Now, Ravnus, you would know that the Black Company is a prolific company of pirates that is a rival to the pirates again. Um, she tries not to, like, show that she, like, is sort of like, whoa, but uh, she probably is not very good at that. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that she flinches. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't react to that. My company, the Wyvern Tales, discovered that the pirates seemed to be doing business with Nyagi slavers who had secretly made port in Costabed. During our escort, the pirates did attack, but the Black Company had hired additional security in the way of the 613th Infantry, with the Jackal Wares. He says, and he gestures to the six pistols out front of him, indicating that this was the guns of that infantry. By contract, Gif on both sides would stand down, but... The Jackal Wares were accompanied by the Black Company pirates, and our charges were unarmed civilians. If we both stood down, the pirates would kidnap our charges and sell them to the Nyagi slavers, where they would be put to work or eaten by the bugs for sure. So, I ordered the Wyvern Tails to lay down their weapons. The Jackal Wares did the same, but I refused to set down my weapons. I commanded the convoy we were charged to protect to pick up my companion's weapons to defend themselves, and I attacked. No longer seeing me as a gift in their eyes for breaching contract, the jackal wares opened fire, and I had no choice but to dispatch them. But in the end, we fought off the Black Company, and our charges remained free of the grasp of the Nyogi slavers. For that, I've been outcast, but a burden that I shoulder knowingly to spare my companions. Did you make the right choice? I don't regret it. Would you do any different? Hmm. How is she going to react to that? Um, she is not going to say anything. That's how she's going to react to it. Because of my actions, three innocent people avoided being sold as slaves to the bugs. And if the price to pay for that is me living as an outcast, and so be it. But no, since then, I'd no longer take a sentient life with my guns. I'll disarm, I'll disable, but never will I take a life. Um, she looks like sort of surprised by all of this, I think. Not what you were expecting, I take it. Not exactly. Do you have anything else to add? I guess not. And she's going to turn on her heel and leave. <laughs> As you're leaving, he'll say, Do you think he has what it takes? She is going to say, 
he already knows what you went to all that trouble to learn. So, yes. Good. And she's going to leave. Uh, he's going to turn back to his book. And uh, she's going to uh, go to her room and very roughly cl- close the door. <laughs> <laughs> she was looking for a reason. She was looking for a justification. Uh-huh. I think the ship's getting stronger now, personally. <laughs> oh, yeah, get that Loch Ness monster in here. <laughs> All right. Luckbeak, uh, you heard that entire exchange through the wall. Yeah. Um... I mean, I certainly don't do anything about it. Uh, I think it just as surprised as Ravnus is. Um, but I, you know, I, I just sort of take it all in and, and sit back in my bed and uh, and think about um, the people that I've lost to. Uh, not to death, but to running away. Mm-hmm. All right. Aww. All right. Um, I don't think you'd realize Marco has like left because last you saw he was sitting out in the middle. And then when you came through, Marco was gone. You know, I imagine you just assume he went to bed. Yeah. So Marco, you return back and it appears that everybody has kind of gone off to their rooms. Oh, well, shame. <laughs> Marco's just going to go to the room that he chose and flop into bed being like, I guess I'll tell them about the statue tomorrow. <laughs> Hey there, Nick Yurisiva here. Now, I hope everyone didn't skimp on their blood sacrifices to the Elder Gods this year. We can't afford a repeat of last year. Our holiday break ended up being a few weeks longer than we originally planned for a few different reasons. But we have everything figured out now and should be back on schedule for the foreseeable future. Thanks for bearing with us, and we're excited to be back. As always, be sure to give us a follow on our social media, at VoidfarerPod on Twitter and at Podcast on Facebook. And if you really want to make our 2021, you'll leave a review on iTunes. That super helps us out, and we just like hearing what you think. If you enjoy the show and other Project Derailed content, you can join us over at the Project Derailed Discord server, a place where you can hang out with Voidfare cast and other Project Derailed content creators, chat about D&D, tabletop role-playing games, or whatever you like. bit.ly slash derailed hyphen discord to join in on the fun. The final episode of Fables Around the Table Chronicle is now live. Hosted by Voidfair producer Tom, he, myself, Chelsea, and Cliff are playing the world-building GMless RPG Microscope. Our discussion episode with the cast lands tomorrow, and we'll be announcing our next season. So stay tuned for that. While you're at it, you can check out Taverns, Travel, and Tests, the newest member of the Derail Network. Hosted by Cliff, this D&D 5e campaign is chock full of memes and Food Network references. So if that sounds like your jam, check that out. Special thanks to Tom Goldthwaite for writing our theme song, and shout out to the band Highland Rose for the kick-ass rock version of that theme you've been hearing all chapter. Once again, the song with all those bagpipes is Beyond the Warriors by Gooey Frog and is from freemusicarchive.org, used under the Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution License. Additional music by purple-planet.com. Lastly, a word from our second sponsor of the show, Ubico. Ubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Ubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. 
As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at yubico.com. That's code POD at yubico.com. Say hello to the Yubiki and goodbye to account takeovers. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land on Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. See you then. So you guys go to bed. It is probably the best sleep. Uh, well, I guess you could decide how well you sleep, but it is certainly the most comfortable bed slash uh, general accommodations you've had in probably months. Yeah, definitely. Even when you've had the opportunity to sleep in an actual bed, like at Kandori's Cradle back on Nadir Anchorage, it was still like kind of like your standard like in bed. And this is like each room is like a big king sized, very soft, fluffy bed warm sheets and comforters and soft pillows and it is very nice <laughs> uh, i think Luckbeak sleeps like shit yeah mm-hmm. I-, I think he's gotten so used to sleeping on cots and hammocks uh that this soft fluffy bed just feels totally unnatural yeah i think Something's that like wrong. yeah <laughs> yeah ravenous also sleeps really poorly i don't think she's ever slept in anything like this before so she's probably like ends up sleeping on the floor with like the window oh. open just to like get some noise <laughs> i love it oh that's so good <laughs> does she at least pull like a sheet off the bed to like use or no just yeah yeah i think that she has like she has like the blankets from the bed but she's just like sleeping like on the floor under the window mm. with the window yeah. like open yeah yeah it's it's very interesting sounds that you hear because it is a, a big open cavern. So you hear like the distant shifting of rocks that kind of echo around. And occasionally there'll be like distant dwarven shouts of some, you yeah, know. white noise. Yeah, <laughs> white, white noise. The sounds of the city. Yeah. The fifth police siren in the last like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of a passing train. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> yeah, just, just everything on my track that messes everything up. Right. We'll just leave it in. Fire alarms, you know, just yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. The next morning um, arrives. Marco is enjoying the bed 100%, so someone's going to wake his ass up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, Luckby kind of like grumbles out to the main room. Does it have like a, a kitcheny area or somewhere where we can make like a coffee? Uh, no, but there is like only like a few steps down the stairs. There is attendance that you can request yeah, service from. Definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ravenous probably also rolls out looking similarly shitty and uh just i don't think she orders well no i actually do think she would also like order something to eat and drink Mm -hmm. marco wakes up looking amazing (laughs) (laughs) comes out in a brawl a bathrobe making his own coffee (laughs) i i picture marco uh, after a good night's sleep having like the most epic bedhead anyone has ever seen <laughs> oh totally like i don't know i, I don't know what would be a good way to describe it. would the hair be everywhere or would it be like 
perfectly messy. See, I, well, I, I think it's I like... I bet it would be like a silk pillowcase. So it would be like everywhere, but the curls are very intact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so it seems that Brawla has gotten up a little before all of you and is already in the process of like fully taking advantage of the room service. It looks like there's already like a big bowl of fruit and various other breakfast foods and a big pewter pitcher of steaming coffee and another pitcher of ale, breakfast ale. <laughs> <laughs> what does that taste like? What, is, uh, what makes it a breakfast yeah. ale? Does uh, it have a bacon in uh, it? It's actually a, uh, a dark stout brewed with uh, oatmeal, coffee, chocolate, and vanilla beans. Checks out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh and i think i i think i just uh just described founder's breakfast out. Yeah, <laughs> i was gonna say i was like did nick write a note for what the coffee tastes like no you just looked, no i'm just a craft beer nerd. Uh, i thought you looked like to the left of where you're sitting right now and saw all of your empty bottles <laughs> i gotta find one quick <laughs> morning everybody morning hi i'm marco <sighs> Oh, well, that was refreshing. I haven't had a bed like that since I got off of tour. Yeah, you look well-rested. Oh, I feel great. Want some coffee? Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> this coffee sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It'll wake you up, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Death Wish Coffee. <laughs> I guess that's a question. If alcohol affects doors differently, does caffeine? Uh, boy, uh, I don't know. So it hasn't been defined. So I think I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, make lore now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think just like alcohol has no effect, uh, but fruit does. Uh, caffeine has no effect, but vegetables do. So oh, I'm just I like see, munching down on celery this morning to get going. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's exactly. What Bloody Mary would be like the morning pick me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like to. Tomatoes and uh, sure. tomato juice and like celery stock. <laughs> um, cool, cool, cool. So Brohane is up and moving. He also like similarly looks like he didn't sleep that great. Not quite as haggard as Luckbeak and Ravenous, but not as good as Marco. <laughs> but Brawla isn't complaining at all. Brohane will sit down and kind of pull himself a cinnamon roll or whatever and start going to town. <laughs> Pouring himself a glass of the pitcher of ale. <laughs> um... Ravnus is going to turn to Rohan. Why are all the rooms so big? You could fit more beds in there. Well, uh, I, I think that's just something you'll find uh, is a pretty common trait for uh, nobility. Everything is excessive. Everything is too soft. <laughs> yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Trust me, coming from a noble house myself, uh, it's all very extra. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a very pragmatic sort, so the bed is nice, but I, I don't need all of the extra bells and whistles, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Brawl will say, I don't know what you're talking about. You need to learn to appreciate some of the finer things. Take advantage of it when you can. Like, for example, I know that they aren't going to make Brohane pay for this, so we're just going to rack it up as much as possible. And Brohane was like, you know, for once, I'm inclined to agree. Just on the principle that it's just going to uh, be a drain on the Moonhammer's coffers for a time being. At least for a little bit. If there's any silver lining in all of this. Ravenous does, in fact, then start to uh, start to stock up on the food. And uh, <laughs> she'll say, um, 
I don't understand how big open spaces are supposed to be fancy. Well, uh, especially in wild space, where on individual uh, ships or settlements, uh, space can come at a premium. You know, those that have money and power and influence have a lot of space. Uh, it's a status symbol, really. Um, but I'm inclined to agree. It's a little unsettling when you're used to the uh, accommodations on a ship. If they really wanted to be fancy, they'd fill all that space with treasure. Oh, uh, they have plenty of space for treasure. That's uh, They keep it in the vaults before they export it off of this mine. Brawler will actually speak up. Speaking of which, I actually meant to uh, meet up with a contact of mine to see if uh, I can procure a uh, shipment of Cinder Shard like I did for Val. It is quite lucrative in what most of my business here is based around. So I'm hoping to meet up with a contact today. And she's going to look at the three of you and say, actually, if you'd like to accompany on behalf of the Voidfarer, since um, my crew and the Tisher's Pride is out of commission, I would be more than willing to cut in the three of you on the Voidfarer proper if you helped procure that deal for the journey out. Yeah. How much are we talking? Well, it depends on uh, the deal that we can strike. It's a little bit different every time. Depends on the amount of Cinder Shard. Uh, but... Uh, I have a contact that can get it at a little bit more of a premium, which means I can sell it and undercut the Moonhammers. All right. Well, that sounds like uh, like more money for us. So, yeah, I'm in. Sure, if Luckbeak thinks it's a good idea. Only if you don't lose it all and we have to fight hamsters again. Hmm. Listen, that was extenuating circumstances. That was a direct result from Val's mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> And also because that I have Toshi now. That's true. Plus, you have Toshi now. Look, silver linings. Marco gets it. What did I get out of that? I don't have a space hamster. Um, You got eaten by a hamster. Yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> I got a view of an inside of a hamster. That ain't no good. Uh, the hamster owner did pay you guys. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. he did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. I don't remember that. Part. Yeah, <laughs> look, we did get paid for that, by the way. All right, well, that's I guess what I really care about. That's fair. Marco was like the only one interested in going to collect. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> we were so over it. <laughs> you guys are just like we didn't want to engage with the subplot anyway. We got mm-hmm. paid. Thank you, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brawla will say. But if you don't have anything planned today, uh, you could accompany me over to the supply depot to meet with my contact. Yeah, sounds good. Sure. Whenever you're ready to go, just let me know. We'll head over there. Oh, so um, on my adventures last night, trying to find these Kratorian ruins, which by the way went absolutely nowhere because you know guards. Um, oh yeah. It turns out that I found something interesting, which would be our captain's late father in a statue holding up what seems to be uh what was it uh nick how you pronounce it a bahamut the uh, the, <laughs> the bahamen now we know who let the dogs yeah. out it was adam Shit. <laughs> uh no it was um a bahanoth so it was a statue of our captain's father adam rain I know so because it's said in the title of the statue, holding up the head of a Balhanath, um, and apparently the person who made it's still alive here, a couple of houses away from the statue. Wait, 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 wait. So how how old is the statue? Um, apparently, from what I could tell from the random bystander, um, old. Around the time whenever the mine first okay. opened. Okay, all right. So 
Brohane is like mid sip on an ale and he goes, wait, ho- hold on. <clears throat> you found a statue of Captain Adam Rain. Uh, yes, there was a statue. It looked quite striking. Um, in one of the quarters in town, I forget where I was kind of wondering at that point thinking, but, uh, I'm sure I could find it again. Uh, regardless, it was, it was kind of a more run-down part of town, and the statue itself was made out of various materials from the area, and, uh, but yeah, it, would, it said underneath it, Adam Rain, Slayer of the Skeg Fingers, and... Skeg's Finger. <laughs> finger. It, it's, uh, actually, do you know, do you know Dwarven? Uh, let me see here real quick. I do not, unfortunately. Okay. It does appear to be like a dwarven word, but it's capitalized like it's a name. Like this was the, the this is what they called the beast, the Skegfanger, and it was done by a dusty marble beard. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Uh, okay. So, I mean, you think Val knew that her dad was like local legend Adam Rain here? That's a, looks over at uh, Brohane. You'd have a better answer of that than I would. I mean, when Brohane looks just as surprised and confused as you guys, and he goes, I don't believe so. She would know. We knew that Adam came here to the sphere before the ship, before the rest of the crew did. Um, but uh, if, if Val knew what he was doing, she hadn't shared it with the rest of the crew. Brawla, did you, with all the dealings you've had here, did you know about this? And uh, Brawla says, you said it was in the, the rundown part of town, did you? Yeah, correct. The, the, the eh, fuck le- no, I never go over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, Wait. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. I mean, I'll show you where it is. It's quite an interesting statue. I'm just wondering if we could, like, hammer down a timeline. We probably can't because we don't really know that much about Val. But, I mean, I wonder if this is when he was still in contact with her or... I mean, I just wonder if she knew that, that he was here. I mean wouldn't be the first time she sent us into a situation with imperfect information, but <laughs> this time I don't really see the advantage of doing that. Now, Nick, you did say that uh, the statue of Adam Rain was like, well, it looked to be a man in like his middle ages, right? Like 50s, 60s? Yeah. Okay. Well, and for context, you know that Crot Space has only been accessible to outsiders, the Moonhammer Miner Company, you guys, the Voidfarer, and all these other factions. Like the last three years, it's not been that long. This mine and every structure that you guys have encountered has been built that recently. Unless it's Kratorian, which had been existed for thousands of years. So you know it would had to have been within the last three years since the mine was first established. Um, and you get the impression this mine was established pretty early. Well... Um, from what we've heard, there's only allowed people in here for three years now, and judging from his appearance in the statue, he was around the age whenever, uh, he disappeared. Val's gonna flip for that. I mean, that's huge, right? Maybe we can go talk to this Dusty. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's talk to Mr. Marvelbeard to find out about the Baja man. I'm into it. Mar- marble <laughs> with a B. <laughs> But, but but we're just but, gonna slide past Baha. <laughs> yeah, all right. That was the yeah, more important yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brohane's gonna say, yeah, uh, we can talk to him. Um, and uh, perhaps the Yarl also has information. Oh yeah, uh, she was in power this whole time. I need to talk to her anyways about uh, getting into those ruins. All right. Um. So I guess we will have a laundry list of things to do then. And uh, <laughs> Brawla is going to be like kind of watching the whole conversation with like a mouthful of French toast and like, <laughs> says, so 
and meet my contact going to go on the back burner then? Or I just want to know for my own purposes. Well, I mean, no reason. A- anything more pressing than anything else? I mean, we can... Is your well, contact have other stuff to do today? Well, I, I didn't have any arrangement set up yet. I was just going to show up and uh, have a chat. But uh, if you want, I can take care of that myself and we can sort out the details when you guys get back. Or uh, we can wait and do that later. Uh, up to you. That's the only thing I got going on, but it looks like you got more to deal with. So I guess I'm at the mercy of your schedules. Wow. Well, you're at the mercy of room service right <laughs> now while we go take care of some of the smaller What tasks. is true? <laughs> I know it's going to be hard. But you're going to have to sit here with room service until we get back. I can handle that. <laughs> Just so long as our Lord Windhelm's credit remains good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, I hope this isn't going to a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Brohane just kind of shakes his head and just says, milk the fuckers dry. Oh, yeah. I'm pulling a uh, oh. Saturday morning of an anime con and just like loading up on whatever is at the, uh, <laughs> at the hotel bar. <laughs> like the continental uh-huh. breakfast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grab an apple and a banana for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard-boiled eggs. Six bagels. Like crappy bacon, uh-huh. stale danishes. Fill up a uh, plastic cup full of hash browns. <laughs> how, how are the eggs? Are they like good hotel eggs or bad hotel eggs? They are good hotel eggs. Oh, a special mm-hmm. treat. <laughs> <laughs> they have that fresh ground rock salt on the room. Oh, and like, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. God, I miss cons now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So uh, you guys finish up your breakfast. And uh, what did you decide you wanted to go do first? Uh, we were going to go check out the statue first. I, I think thought. So. Yeah. Okay. That one seems to be the easiest to check off. Yeah. While you're finishing breakfast, Locke exits his room like fully geared up to leave without saying anything. Ravnus tosses him an apple. No, she doesn't. Ravnus <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, monster with two back. Oh my, Tanner. <laughs> Tanner, please. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, Locke, Locke uh, just gets up and, and heads on out without a word. And the three of you and Brohane will leave Brala to overindulge on room service and head back and marco you can pretty easily uh like retrace your steps even in the like kind of Cratorian obsessed fugue state <laughs> that you were in are able to kind of find your way back with the occasional like prodding from the ring going actually it was a right here <laughs> turn left at the next intersection <laughs> cyrus i'm so glad you were paying attention because i wasn't look i have nothing better to do than to pay attention i am <laughs> trapped in this ring. See if I can get you a deck of cards or something. At least. The last time I stopped paying attention, 10,000 years passed. <sighs> Oof, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> God, is he ever going to get over that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <minor. laughs> but anyway, uh, you do in fact find this statue. And uh, it's as I described it before. Adam Rain kind of standing there in his long coat with tricorner hat. Uh, kind of handsomely rugged guy holding this grotesque severed head of this very large monster. He's not even holding it up triumphantly. It's just kind of like dangling at his side. Does he look somber? Is he like... He looks annoying. Oh, okay. You know, one thing I actually would like to say about this thing, you would think that Marvel Beard would want to create this like imposing, strong, like, you know, sort of story. Not like, man, I just could not be bothered, but this little piece of shit ruined my day. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, wow. I mean, yeah, that's 
That's him, ain't it? Uh, okay. Well, what do we do with this? In- I guess we go visit Dusty, huh? Yeah, let's go find Dusty All at right. least. Maybe he can have some information. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to where... I mean, do we know where Dusty is exactly, or did we just get that secondhand information? Marco Marco has, like, the vague idea of where he's mm-hmm. at, but um, you don't know exactly what residence. But there are some dwarves walking around now. It's in the morning. You know, dwarves seem to be uh, kind of sh- trudging their way towards the mine for their daily shifts. Um, so you might be able to flag one down. Sir? Uh, sir? Yeah? Um, I'm looking for a dusty marble beard. Do you know? Or marble beard, excuse me. <laughs> um, I'm looking for a dusty marble beard. Do you know where he might reside? Yeah, it's it's uh that one right there. He's gonna point to a couple like residences down. Thank you, sir. That very much sounded like a Moe's Tavern prank call. I'm looking for a dusty <laughs> marble beard. <laughs> like trying to find the pun in that. <laughs> um yeah. it says luck be humble. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> This sounds like it's a yeah. goof, but I don't know how. <laughs> um, yeah, so you go ahead. You knock on the door, and uh, you hear muffled, Oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> and you hear the shuffling and like kind of fumbling of objects, and the door opens. And you see a very old, like wrinkly dwarf. And he has goggles that kind of magnify his eyes, giving him like a wild, like... Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys mm-hmm. appearance. And he does have this gigantic bushy gray beard that does in fact coated in like fine dust. <laughs> How can I help ya? Um, are you Dusty Marblebeard? I I am. Hi, um, my name's Marco Astorio. These are my friends uh Luckbeak and Ravnus. And uh we were admiring the statue over in the square there. Um and was wondering if we could ask you a couple of questions about Mr. Adam Rain and uh, Skegfanger. Skegfanger, yeah. Uh, certainly, come on, come on in, come on in. Uh, and he'll he'll kind of like gesture up, and you can see that uh, he's like short and stocky, but he's kind of like thin for a dwarf, and his his arms almost seem unnaturally long because you've never seen a dwarf with like kind of skinny, spindly arms. <laughs> and he gestures in, and you can see he has like a long apron and a belt that looks like it has like sculptor's tools on it. And you walk into a messy like artist studio um, with like kind of half finished art pieces here or there, bits of raw stone and material of all different kinds look like. It basically picked off the piles of discarded, uh, displaced rock and stone that kind of litter this area of the mining settlement. Um, it seems like he just kind of scavenged off of those piles to kind of cobble together his art. So you're asking about uh, the, the statue out in the square then? Uh, yes. So this was a statue of a Mr. Adam Rain when he slayed this uh, Balhana, right? Hey, hey, yeah, it was uh, not long after the uh, the mine first was founded, um, near three years ago now. Now that I think about it, uh, about three years ago, huh? Hey, yeah. Hmm. Uh, do you happen to know um, anything about Adam Rain, like who he is? You know, what kind of a, a man he was? I mean, well, uh, he he showed up and went down in the mine and slayed this beast that had uh, killed so many of our own. So he's a mighty hero, to be sure. Uh, beyond that, uh, I don't know much about him. I know he had a conversation with the Yarrow before he went down and did so. Um, 
But he went down there and uh, hauled that beast's head out like it was nothing and uh, went on his merry way without uh, any pomp and circumstance. Didn't really have a chance to celebrate him all, but I saw him emerge from the mine and uh, I sculpted that uh, sculpted my statue there uh, in the uh, in the manner in which I saw him. I have a keen eye for such details. Never forget a detail. So did he just like not say nothing to nobody about why he was going down or like what his goal or like who hired him or anything? He didn't say anything to any of us, but we're appreciative of what he was doing because the fucking uh, heads of the mine, the Yarrow, didn't want to bother dealing with the beasts themselves. So, uh, you know, they were just content to keep letting us, oh, oh, the miners died of the thing. Figured it was cheaper just to replace us and uh, not actually deal with the problem. But uh, he strolled up and took care of it. And uh, for that, we're grateful. He's a hero to us, even if uh, he, you know, was in and out before we can really even... uh, have a word with him. Yeah. It's more than a little fucked up still, but, uh, <laughs> point being. <laughs> so, so did, did he, like, talk to anybody in town? Is there anybody, did he, did he stay somewhere at an inn that, that the yeah. people might remember yeah. him there on the way out of town, or, you know, we... He spoke to the Yarrow when he arrived. Yeah, okay. Well, then we definitely need to have a chat with the Yarrow, huh, Marco? Yeah, I suppose, I mean, I already need to talk to her anyway, so, uh, I guess that's our next stop. It's convenient. All right. Well, I guess we're on our way. Thank you, Dusty. Yeah, thank you, Dusty. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, he says, uh, reaching out to shake your hands, leaving uh, like a dust imprint <laughs> on each of your palms. <laughs> Wipe that off my pants. <laughs> Dusty's not even a nickname. It's short for Dustin. Oh, okay. Huh. You just grew into it, huh? Gross and weird. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, as you leave, Brohane's going to say, well, I definitely get the impression Adam was here to do something other than just slay that beast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Our, like, cold trail for Adam Rain just got a lot hotter. For sure. Val's going to, uh, honestly, I don't know how Val's going to react to that. She's going to be excited, but, uh. I wish there was a way to contact her right now, but I guess we have to wait, what, a week, if that? The whole, the whole ride out of the storm, yeah. Yeah, a bare minimum of a week just to tell her that there's a statue of her father out here. God forbid she's going to probably put us right back on the next storm and back <laughs> over here. Hey, how? I mean, right. I, I I don't I don't know if we're all of the same mind here, but I mean, this is pretty important, Val. I mean, you think? What do you think she would do for information like this? What um, do you mean? I, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, would she? pay for it or i mean and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to you know to get anything out of her I, I mean val's our captain and and it's important that she knows but i mean i mean if we we have the information i mean why not make good use of it right val's your captain and she's compensated you quite generously in the past for far less than this so i i would trust yeah. her to do the right thing okay Think of it this way, too. This could also lead to more lucrative opportunities if you're looking for monetary compensation. All right, all right, all right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have said anything. No, <laughs> no harm in asking. Okay. All right. It's, it's sort of like as that conversation finishes, Ravnish just sort of like gives Luckbeak a look and just sort of like sm- like backhands his arm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are you That's thinking? That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, I get it. All right, so um, I guess we're having a conversation with the Yarrow then? 
I suppose if you can get us to talking with the Jarl. Look, if everything uh, that I've experienced so far since setting foot on this mine, I think uh, if I say I'd like to talk to the Jarl, I think it'll be happening within seconds. Easy peasy then. It's actually kind of annoying to be doted over like this, but in this particular uh, circumstance, it's useful. Well, let's, uh, let's, you know, exploit these uh, benefits while we can, right? All right. So you guys head back to the clan lodge, and an attendant greets you, and Brohane's like, yes, I would like to uh, uh, have an audience with uh, Jarl Torhild, please. And the attendant goes, I, uh, right, right away, uh, Lord Windhelm, right away, I'll fetch the Jarl. And they scurry off. And a few moments later, the Jarl, um, flanked by two guards, arrive. And she goes, Ah, Lord Brohain, what can I be of service? And Brohain will kind of glance to you guys and turn back to her and says, uh, Myself and my staff would like uh, to ask you a few questions um, if there's a place we can talk. Oh, sure. Uh, here. And she'll gesture uh, back in the direction she came to, like, a sitting room that seems to be adjacent to an office. Okay. And uh, Brohane will sit and say, so um, we noticed a statue that stands over uh, in the over in the backfill district uh, um, of uh, Adam Rain. And uh, my companions had some questions about that, if um, you wouldn't mind uh Given us any information you have about it. And uh, Rohan will hand it off to one of you. Um, the the Jarl will nod and, and turn to you guys. Kind of like look at uh, Luckbeak and Rabbis and see who wants to kind of take it. Well, uh, well, uh, your Jarlness, um, we were uh, uh, admiring the statue uh, out the way and... Uh, we just wondered um, if you had any more information about the guy out there because um, he just looks like an interesting fella. She thinks for a moment, kind of furrows her brow and goes, well, that was the one that killed the beast, I believe. You'll have to excuse me. I don't venture over into the, uh, <laughs> the backfield district very often. Mm. But um, if I recall... Uh, that is the, the the human man that came uh, shortly after we have established this mine and he slayed that beast. And the, the, the miners regard him as a hero. Um, was there anything in particular you wanted to know? Well, we kind of just wanted to know sort of his uh, motivation, I guess. Like, the people of the town seem to be, you know... Uh, excited that he did what he did but they don't know why he did it and i mean we know he had a conversation with you before he went down there so all right uh she she nods like she's thinking like honestly this is like so insignificant to her that she has to <laughs> think about it uh and she goes all right yes he did come and speak to me he said he needed access to the mine and obviously that wasn't something that we make a habit of granting to outsiders, so we refused. Ah, shit, says Marco to himself. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, he explained that uh, he was interested in the, the ancient structures that our minds seem to have breached into in our excavation. Uh, he didn't elaborate beyond that, but at the time, 
will happen to be plagued by this particular beast. And he agreed that he would slay it for us if we allowed him to do what he came here to do. Like I said, he didn't elaborate on the specifics of exactly what he was looking for down there, but he was interested in the, the Kratorian portions. So this actually brings me to the point that I wanted to uh, ask of you, which I'm now kind of scared to ask you about. Um, <laughs> ma'am, um, I am a Kratorian scholar and uh, was hoping that I could get access to that area to uh, study being a Kratorian scholar. She kind of looks at you intensely and says, as I said, it's not policy to let outsiders down into the mine. And then Brohane just kind of goes, <clears throat> and she kind of glances at him and looks back at you. But as I've said, we have made exceptions. And if it pleases the Lord Windhelm, something could be arranged. I st I'm still just like kind of like always taken aback by Lord Windhelm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I think that Marco would kind of like react to that being like, Lord Wind. Okay, okay. Um, thank you so much. That is greatly appreciated. Um, I suppose I am, might regret asking this, but is there anything that I can do for you in return? Um, she, she thinks about that for a moment and she'll say, uh, turning back to Brohane, I only, um, ask that, uh, the Lord Brohane remember the hospitality that himself and his companions were given when they visited this mine. And he remembered that it was Jarl Torhild Moonhammer that facilitated this hospitality. She says, with like a beaming kind of plastic smile. <laughs> all right. uh, and Brohane was like, all right, fine. Yeah, I know your name. I remember it. <laughs> kind of off-put by like the lack of decorum, Jarl Torhild nonetheless says, uh, then I will grant you my permission. Um, let me make a writ of permission. Um, would you require a guide? To get through the mines. I look at Brohane. Would I require a guide to get through the mines? <laughs> um, Brohane says, I've never been down in these mines, but knowing mines, it might not be a bad idea. But I, say, I look back to the Arl. Do you think I would need a guide to get through the mines? <laughs> she says. <laughs> she slow blinks at you and goes, I, I, will have, I will have a guide assigned to you to make your travel through our mines as frictionless as possible. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate the hospitality. It is my pleasure, she says, and then, like, looks at Brohane, still smiling, and gets out her stationery and will give you a writ of permission. When, when would you like to um, descend into the mine? I can have a guide meet you at the main shaft at that time. Um, do we have anything going on tomorrow? I mean... You do know that the storm rig is set to depart like midday tomorrow. How about today? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she'll say, if that's what you wish, uh, that can be arranged. Shall we say an hour from now? Sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is great. I didn't think it'd be this soon. Doesn't Brawla want us to do something? Yeah. We're oh. kind of shirking Brawla's thing to do this. Oh shit. Well, um, I could, I could go, honestly, if you all wanted to work with Brawla. Brohane will say, I'm sure Brawla would understand um, this being important to Val and by extension the rest of the Voidfarer. We'll have all morning tomorrow to deal with her thing as well if need be. That's true. Yeah, it works for me. 
Uh, works perfect for me. I'm sure she'll just get blackout drunk back at the room anyway. <laughs> That's what she does best. Boy, doesn't she. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Prala. <laughs> Same. <laughs> the, the Jarl will say, all right, I'll have this taken care of. You can meet your guide at the main shaft in an hour's time. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Again, I, I can't stress this enough. This is amazing. I did not think I would get this far. It, it, again, it is my pleasure. She says, looking at you, Marco, and then like shifting her gaze to Brohane. <laughs> <laughs> um, to which uh, I think like Marco also withholds like the, I thought I'd have to break in. <laughs> Quick, Luckbeak, do your Australian accent. Oi, well then we'll get in some hay. <laughs> Luckbeak's like, wasn't there something that you were about to chastise me for before about this? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's in the past now. Come on, let's go. God, the, no wonder Luckbeak acts out so much. He has no consistency in his life from either of his parents. <laughs> do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> all right uh so um you guys have an hour to prepare before you descend into the mine um was there anything you wanted to do before that nope don't think so um okay. i think i would just uh, on the way there i would just uh probably say to ravenous and luckbeak so beyond looking here do you think there'd be any other information about adam in town i i, I don't know what else i mean i feel like we exhausted our supply of information Oh, that's fair. I feel like what we found out is what everyone knows already. I guess it was much more of the uh, make sure we exhaust all options and if anybody thought of anything funky like maybe Adam just loved to dance with Jack and Tatters and that some like random bartender would remember him. Well, he did like his herbally, that's for sure. <laughs> He's allergic to cats, though. He tended to kept his distance from Jack and Tatters. Appreciated him from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> 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 Marco, I feel like you mentioned dancing with Jack and Tatters a lot. Do do you want to dance with Jack and Tatters? Is that something you're into? Oh yeah, I just always wanted to be their friend. Thought all they right, seemed cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, they are pretty cool. That's well, fair. Well, that last time, whenever you all like, you know, destroyed me on Nadir uh, Anchorage, we ended up dancing afterwards. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, we're crew, and then we go and dance. It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm just checking in. Man, it's been so long. I miss the Voidfarer crew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nick, you have the power to take us back whenever you want. <laughs> we'll go I back. Miss, I miss when this show, Tales of the Voidfarer, was about <laughs> the Voidfarer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get back there. We we'll will. It's all good. I got some plans. Don't you worry. Oh, no, I, I hate that. I hate the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, you guys kind of prepare. Rohan heads upstairs and recovers Ira and descends the stairs on the back of Ira, which is pretty funny and gets a lot of double takes from the staff as uh, Brohane just kind of like crawls his way out of this estate on the back of his giant mechanical spider. And you head to the main shaft. You see a dwarf standing there waiting for you, um, and as you approach, he catches your eye and waves. Marco, you recognize this dwarf, actually. Oh? Gadmon Steelcrag, which was the uh, working-class dwarf miner that was accompanying Lord Rasmus when you first met him at the Leadfoot pit stop. Um, you know that Gadmond is kind of the de facto leader of the group of uh, miners that Lord Rasmus has paid for passage out of the mine when you guys leave. Okay. I don't know if you've if Marco shared that information with the rest yet, that there's going to be a group of eight dwarves traveling out of the mine with you guys. 
Uh, no, because I'll be honest, I don't think Marco would register that information as like, oh, this is certainly need to know. Right. But yeah, Gadmund is the leader of that group. Um, if you recall, he's kind of a shabby looking minor of a dwarf. His clothes are well worn and almost perpetually dirty. And he is kind of standing there cheerfully waving at you as you guys approach. He has like a real full bushy mutton chops, but it's like shaved in the middle. I would say very jovially being like, oh, um, um, is it Gavin? Uh, G- Gadmund. Gadmund. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember. Hi, it's good to see you again, buddy. I didn't think that you'd be leading us down here. I, I, I'm, I'm still, uh, uh, I guess, useful to the mine until I make my departure tomorrow. Um, with you all, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, if I remember correct. Yeah, yes, uh, you and the eight other miners, right? Uh, eight total. Uh, eight total. Me and seven others, yeah. Yeah, all right. Thanks to the, the generous um, donation from Lord Rasmus to pay for our fare out of this accursed place. Uh, he says <laughs> with kind of a chuckle. <laughs> well, all right, good. We get to know each other a bit better. Uh, you, you said that uh, you're interested in going to the uh, the ancient ruins, correct? Oh, correct. Yes, I'm a Kratorian scholar, so that would certainly be uh, very fascinating. All right. Uh, well, it's pretty deep down there. Um, it'll be a, about a uh, three and a half, four hour trek through the mine uh, one way. Um, so, um, pack some snacks, I guess, but, uh, luckily, uh, most of the, the way there is, um, uh, pretty clear. Um, we shouldn't run into any problems. It's just a lot of walking. Well, fantastic. Excellent. Um, any other information or fun anecdotes you have along the way? It'd be love. I'd love to hear them. I'll see what I can think of while we're walking. Um, but if you like, you can step on the lift and we will make our descent. I do so. Yep, you guys step on board. It is a iron frame with big wooden planks on a track that descends at like a 45 degree angle through this like slanted shaft. And Brohane will maneuver Ira onto it as well. And uh, the lift kind of creaks slightly, but but holds under the weight of Ira. Gadman uh, standing over by a terminal with a large like gear driven lever. He goes, all right, everybody uh, hold on. Uh, if you get a wider stance, it tends to help a little bit. And he pulls the lever, and there is a pretty hefty lurch. And uh, you guys descend at uh, not hurtling fast, but faster than you're comfortable. <laughs> and you see the walls of the shaft uh, rise around you as you slide downward, and you see the layers of rock from eons past as you travel along uh, with the uh, hanging lantern light every 20 or so feet and you can kind of glance over the side and see the shaft just descends into darkness and you continue downward into this moonhammer mine to find the mysteries of the Kratorian ruins that Adam Rain once sought out three years ago alright sweet good times game called microscope industrial technology emerges as a new force wiping away the old values of emotion intuition and magic alien influence dragons in the yes column uh i would like to yes soulmates it is an event during the dragon wars called the purge of worms 
I get the impression that you are unpersuaded by my words. Perhaps my actions would be more... Suddenly her eyes snap open. It's so hard to see anything through these tears. I am the Forge. The uh, head guard screams. So I'm gonna be bold. We're trying to end a war here, not make toys for your kids. Oh, don't worry, Chickadee, I got this. That sounds almost like something we'd make up in stories from long ago. Hi, I'm Cliff, and welcome to Taverns, Travel, and Tests. Join us every second and fourth Monday of each month as I join my friends Ben, Hazir, Chris, Magus Magron, and Dave, Serial, as we explore the wide world of Castia, seeking out the juiciest long-forgotten secrets, and share some hearty laughs in this D&D 5th edition real play podcast. It's like a rib burn-off, <laughs> but in a fantasy world. If there's something to be done for some coin, they've probably already handled it. I travel to entertain and to... Do other things. <laughs> <laughs> For more information about taverns, travel, and tests, and all of the other great shows on the Project Derailed Network, visit projectderailed.com and look for us wherever you check out your favorite podcasts. Projectderailed.com.